What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. You now listen to The Coaches Network, a podcast aiming to bring people at the heart of player development together. My name is Coach Yas, a UEFA A licensed and FA goalkeeping B licensed coach with over 10 years' experience working in youth football from grassroots right through to Premier League academies. I'm currently operating as an affiliate shooter for the FA alongside working towards a Masters in Performance Football Coaching. I'll be sitting down with coaches, coach educators and key figures in the game to have free-flowing conversations and discuss the challenges, lessons learned and effective trends in the coaching world today. As usual, I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Ahmed, Ben and Sherlin. Welcome back, fellas. How's everyone today? Yeah, we're there. Good, good. All good. Good stuff. So today we're going to be looking at um, some of the challenges that we've faced um, and potentially how we've overcome them and if you've got any suggestions for the listeners around how to deal with certain, um, I guess, encounters with parents. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anyone want to start us off with any, any particular challenges they've faced or, you know, they've experienced through others or they're currently dealing with even? Mm. No? All right, cool. Mm. So what we'll do then... <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, what we'll do, um, in fact, what we'll do, guys, is if we can just kind of explore around some of the challenges that we have faced, it doesn't have to be anything in particular, but some of the challenges that we could face, and maybe we can go into some examples off the back of that. Um, So I know certainly some of the challenges that I've faced in the past with parents, obviously, you know, you get the age-old stereotypical situation where you've got the parents on the sideline in games where they're trying to get too involved in what's happening. You know, I've had situations where I'm at a club in particular with with academies where maybe the parents are too involved and maybe too hard on the players at times. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys have dealt with similar situations. I mean, I've even had other situations where actually a player's come in on a, on a trial at an academy, for instance, where, you know, generally you'll be put, you'll put on a six-week trial and two weeks in, the parents are like, well, are you going to sign my kid or not? You know, these some of the, I guess some of the everyday challenges that some of us coaches uh, either have faced or are currently facing or maybe will face in the future. You've got any guys any particular instances which are kind of on your minds right now that are kind of stand out for you in your past experiences? Yeah, for me, one of the one of the most difficult situations I've been in in terms of uh, with a parent was on a was at a match day. It was a uh, grassroots football as well, and everyone that participated that for the club or uh, players, parents like we they understood that we were there for player development. We wasn't really about 
winning leagues or winning cups or making sure we get three points on a Saturday. It was players need to continually develop. And a way that I kind of made that approach is I had like a spreadsheet where I literally made sure every single player, regardless of their ability, played within two to three minutes how, of the time. How, so how do you mean by that? So no, no one would play 40 minutes and someone would stand there for, for zero minutes and watch the, mm, and watch the games. Mm. So for some parents, they notice that some of the kids are not quite up to standard as some of the other ones. So they questioned me like openly in front of the kids, why are you playing him? Why are you playing that? And everyone can hear what they're saying. Yeah. So I didn't like that at all. Just... So I literally had to kind of nip it in the bud and say, listen, you can talk afterwards. We can have a cup of coffee, but let's just concentrate on the mm. match. And he's like, no, no, like we can win this game and so on and so forth and whatnot. So it just got to the point where I had to put like, another coach from our setup that wasn't even with me. I just asked him to watch the game, manage it for five, ten minutes while I spoke to this parent. Mm. It's that much of a distraction. And it so was... just a question then, obviously coming back to the initial part of what you said, that you said that your environment was known for developing players. And can you just, I guess, go into a bit of detail around how that was established and I guess that was presented to the parents and what the kind of initial response from that? Because obviously there's been many times we say, oh yeah, this environment set up for this, this environment set up for that. But, parents yeah. easily can lose track and lose sight of that purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, 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 I, think, I, think the, I think when you get success or relative success, it's like the parents, well, that parent in particular was expecting the other kids to keep up with his child, but that's unrealistic. And if there is a core of seven players that are doing really well and it's a seven-side team, he was expecting me just to play them seven and the rest can kind of learn by not playing at all. Interesting. So that, so that was his main kind of approach and our mind's the complete opposite. No, if anything, the weaker ones should play more than the strong ones because they need to develop more. So uh, it just got back to the point where it's like, listen, you know, this is the direction that the club wants to move in. We're not really about winning stuff. We just want players to get better mm, every day, mm. every session, every match whether that means players play out of position, they try new positions, or they're playing with kids that you see as being weaker. That's just how it is. And I said to him, like, with all due respect, it's not like we're a professional academy where you're expecting the standard to be the same. We're a grassroots club. But it's interesting you say and, that because I think even in, in academies, and I'm sure Ben and uh, Sherling can obviously, you know, back this up, even then, there, there can be a disparity in the level of ability. I mean, obviously, they're generally across the board, that group of players that you might be working with might be at a higher standard than what you'd expect in grassroots, but there can be quite this, you know, if that can be some disparities yeah. in there as well. Yeah, but the, the, the variance in, in, in abilities, I'm assuming in grassroots, is a lot wider than it is in academies. Because at, at least you're expecting academy players to have some sort of grassroots experience as yeah. a minimum. Whereas some grassroots players, literally, that could be their first encounter. Of football, like literally, could be their first steps into football. Definitely, so then, yeah, but yet they're playing with other kids that could have been in academies for two, three years and sure. then dropped back out. And so, so it, in in that environment, what, how how important, and I guess how, yeah, how important would you say it is for parents to be, I guess, aware of the, I guess, the the standard quote unquote of the players within the environment before they actually participate and assign their assign or send their child or their players to that environment if that makes sense yeah and 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 that was the only part of his argument that i agreed with because i i didn't run that club and i totally understood his point of view because his main point of view was that listen if you're going to have kids come in part way through the season and they're expected to join this team you know 
they need to kind of be embedded a bit more so they know what they're doing so it's not really like head and shoulders and like someone's really bad and someone's really good so there's a balance in the team which I agree then with how, how much how much in, my... in, in, I guess how much of a role should the, should the environment then play in that to say actually this child or this particular player coming into this group of players that we've got here is actually not going to be good enough therefore can we turn them away and maybe signpost them to elsewhere because I think this is some of the yeah, challenges that we face aren't we yeah but in the real world when you've got someone that is running a club and they've got a parent that's willing to pay the full season price half yeah. of the season just to get their kid there and they're going to train once a week with a good set of boys and they're going to play football, the owner's going to take the money and the parent's going to take the opportunity. It's just up to the coach to manage the situation. My biggest problem was I didn't want the situation to happen during yeah. the match. You know what I mean? It, it was kind of addressed slightly during training like oh we've got new kids joining and so on and so forth but that wasn't really my job to delegate that kind of information to the parents I'm just basically letting the parents know I've been told this kid's in my group this is the way I operate everyone needs to develop so they're all going to play pretty much the same amount of time when it comes to sure so I mean yeah the only exception I did slightly have even with that age group was when it was the actual cup because we agreed as a group league is purely development coaching is probably development but when it comes to the, the cup matches would possibly play our strongest team and players might not be playing as much as they used to in the league so just on that well. then how much of a, I guess of a heads up so to speak would the players and the parents get regarding that sort of thing zero zero so literally a kid will just turn up at training and it's like yeah this is Tommy everyone welcome Tommy. no I mean in terms of team. obviously you, you you touched on there selecting maybe a stronger set of players uh, in particular for your, yeah. for your cup games what kind of how, how does that process so how work that come about since how that come about was this actually come from the players so that's why I didn't mind it it didn't come from the parents I think it was the players the, the players were like listen we, we, we want to try and win something whether it be the league or the cup and I basically said to them the league there's too many games for us to try and prioritise to win because then a lot of you are not going to play so if you guys want to go down that route where we're going to prioritise something we can prioritise the cup and if everyone's okay with not playing the same amount of time during cup matches, then we'll, we'll take that route. Mm. So now, I guess, you know, you yeah. touched on there that you've, you've had to have those conversations with the parents around what the setup is. How, how much support did you get from, I guess, the club or the organisation you're working for, whether that be a, the chairman or someone senior to you, I guess, in delivering that message, or were you kind of just left to it to deliver that message? No, no, just the, 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 no, literally... No, no guidance, no nothing. Just you know, manage the situation. So go, go on. And the main, and, and the main thing to do, like, as the coach, is you just want to diffuse any situation with a parent, especially if they are a bit emotional or getting upset about something, because it's just going to be worse if you reflect their emotions. It's just going to be an mm. argument. You just need to be like, it is what it is. Um, if you have any problems just redirect your concerns to the owner of the club because I can't really do much. Yeah. So I think in, in, in those moments then, it, it, you know, I guess there's no doubt there's going to be listeners out there and coaches who've probably gone through similar things and maybe haven't put, quite got the outcome they were looking for off the back of it. If you were to advise someone going into a situation or about to face that situation now or currently in the situation, what would your advice be to them around maybe how to deal with that or maybe how to, who to reach out to? Is it something that maybe they should be con- you know, dealing with their seniors and advising them that actually you need to take take part of this uh, this or to get involved in this part of the process as well? 
yeah, for, for me as the coach, if, if I was an, an absolute decision maker for the club, then our approach is completely different. But just as a coach within a setup, it's very, very important that you kind of give validation to their complaint because they are saying it for a reason. Yeah. So you can't just write off and be like, no, this is how it is and that's it. You like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. No, there needs to be a bit of dialogue. But there needs to, their parent needs to be aware that there's only so much that can be done from my end because I'm not where the buck stops. I'm pretty much getting told what to right. do. And I'm managing the situation. So I hope you can appreciate that from my point of view as well. So And they do kind of tend to be a bit more understanding when they realise that we're in the same boat. I didn't decide to have this new player. You didn't want a new player joining the group halfway through the season, but it is what it is. So we just got to manage it best we can. And arguing and shouting is not really going to mm. achieve much, especially during a match and in front of kids where everyone can hear us. Mm. But the conversation should happen, but it should be in like a better environment where people that can actually influence decisions are present as well, in my opinion. But again, a lot of parents just assume that their point of contact and their point of complaint yeah. is the coach and the coach does get a lot of it and in oh. front of it at times. So it's just very important to manage the Sure, and I guess from, just on that last one there, do you feel the parents are wrong in that assumption or do you think there should be more guidance for the parents in that respect? Because I feel like, for me, in my, in my experience, yeah. and you know... You, yeah, no, for me, for, for me, the customer's always right. If someone personally... Necessarily had bad intentions around how, but you know, essentially their heart is in the right place, but maybe the behavior of the way to deal with the situation can obviously uh, be overridden by emotions and at times and other, other you know, different factors. Yeah. So, I think in those moments, there, what do you have, you know, is there any advice that you can give to parents potentially that might be listening to this that might have players of their own, in, you know, children of their own, as players in other teams or organizations that? might be going through a similar situation. Yeah. I think for parents, it's important that they understand that their coach most probably can't make any decisions regarding who plays in their squad. They literally, they literally just pick who mm. plays on the, on the mm. match day, for example. Anyone else that wants to join the group or sign the papers, that's really out of their control. Um, in terms of... Uh, parents and their complaints that's the whole reason why i didn't just disregard this this uh this conversation with the parents the only thing i didn't like was the time and the yeah. place that was taking place but the conversation was very relevant and plus i'm of the mentality if someone's paying for a service they have every right respectfully and politely to ask what they want and if, have an answer it is that necessary again i'm just playing devil's advocate is that necessarily the case if you've identified clearly this is the environment that we've got set up this is this is how we're going to approach it this is it this is exactly what it is this is what you sign up to and then the parent then yeah. decides yeah i'm going to sign up to that do they then still have that same right to i guess bring up issues which potentially um go against or don't fully uh aren't fully congruent with what they've signed into if that makes sense yeah, but then if you've signed mm. up to something for the whole season and you expect it to be like that, but it should what, be that what, way what I mean is, is the expectation, because sometimes we can say, all right, all right, this is the expectation, but this is what actually you've signed up for. Now, your expectation might be different to what the actual product is, essentially, if that makes sense. So I think in that, in, in that sense, you think it's times where parents can actually start maybe trying to... Uh, 
I don't want to say complain, but actually maybe inquire about things which are additional to what's been signed up for, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they have absolutely every right to do that. But just how they do it is very important. How and when they do it is very, right. very important to me. Because it can end up being too... Uh, it can become confrontational. Like they, if they do it at the wrong time and place, yeah, yeah, non-confrontational. Mm. It can't be during a match, you know, because emotions are high and, you know, there's a lot of people just, you know, listening and watching. Just... But they have yeah. every right. They have just one right more question. I'm just thinking back about the scenario that you you were discussing there. Had you not had yeah. a co-coach available to you that day, how would you have dealt with that? I would have literally like he 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 wasn't leaving me alone. So I was literally going to have the conversation either way. I can tell, like I have a bit of experience behind myself. So it's like I can tell this man was really upset. He wasn't going to take you know I'll talk to you later as an answer. He mm. wanted the conversation there and then. So. I would have had to have maybe uh, got one of the parents that are always there. Listen, just make sure, you know, no right. one, no one's getting hurt. If someone does get hurt, just make sure, you know, they're not playing injured and I'll literally just be five minutes. And obviously they can see the situation that's going on. And I had sure. that rapport with my parents where I can maybe, like, entrust one or two of them just to, like, keep an eye on all of the players rather than their child if there was no one else there. Right, and I guess... Because I thought it was a really bad situation yeah. going on. And so. I guess this is a question for all three of you, really. I mean... In those moments, is there ever a time where you have to just tell them, no, this discussion can wait, and just ha- they have to have to accept it? Yeah, almost. Yeah, you can do that, but when you think a guy is gonna possibly slap you or push you or punch you because you just he sees you as just ignoring mm. the situation, then that that's not a good outcome for yourself. No, but ultimately, what I'm getting at is is there a, is there a way in which you can tackle it? Do you or do you feel there's a way? And obviously, Ben and Shell, feel free to jump in as well. If there's a way to tackle that situation with Making making it clear, right? I I I'm taking on board your concern or your query, but we're not going to deal with it in this moment. I said that to him. Right. He didn't have it as well. So what what was what, what did what did that look like? And yeah. I guess in on on reflection, is there another way that maybe you think you could have approached I'm, it to I guess and get that outcome to go forward? I offered to buy him a cup of coffee after the game. I said, listen, I'm going to get you a cup of coffee. You can, we can talk about it and I'll pass on your concerns to, you know, the people that make the decisions, mm. basically. But I can't really do this now. But he was not having it. So it was going to happen there and then. So I had to manage the situation as best I could. Was... But yeah, and I even, resolved, I even resolved the conversation with that gentleman. I said to him, listen, if it worked the other way, where you wanted the best players playing. What have we got someone that just dropped out of an academy halfway through a season? He plays in your kid's position and we don't swap positions and your kid's just standing there for zero minutes every match then he's played mm. all the other minutes. And he couldn't really say nothing to it because that's what he wanted me to do. You know what I mean? And fair enough, but I understood his point of view because a kid technically shouldn't really be joining halfway through the season and... Why not? You know, disrupting the balance of the team. Because that's not what the parents... So, so it, in, I understand. guess... The process that parents signing up to your organization, the organization, the organization made it clear, clear no players start. are going to join us this yeah. season. Yeah, there, there was this is, it's but, but was it something happened. that was declared as specified? Mm-hmm. This is not going to happen. I'm not sure, I didn't see the black and whites of the paperwork, but from my assumptions, parents were under this uh kind of idea that the players that we started with, the group that we started with, they mm. all signed up for the whole year. They're all committed for the whole year and we're going to stay together for the year and it's not going to break up the group or nothing's going to come in out. Unless it was like a, a good opportunity for the player to 
potentially go to a... But on the other side, academy. if a parent decides that midway through actually we're going to find a better environment, they'd be happy to do that, wouldn't they? Yeah, but then that's up to them. That's up to them. But they all signed mm. up, like, you know, to do the whole season. So, yeah. Interesting. Ben, sure. What are your thoughts in that? Have you guys got any similar experiences and, you know, any suggestions to how you might go about dealing with that situation? Yeah, it's kind of... Um, it kind of sounds a bit unique because uh, I don't think I've been in a situation that extreme. Um, but, like, just in, in relation to the whole sort of parents um, approaching um, coaches like during sessions and matches and stuff um, it's got to sound a bit extreme but I probably have a bit more of a zero tolerance to it and I I probably set that president that president is kind of set to I'm just remembering when I was in um, you know more grassroots or saying or like environments where there was a bit more uh, shall we say, like, less uh, less structured to it, that, like, uh, in terms of um, parents, that, like, I'm, I'm definitely open to talking to them and communicating with them in terms of um, any issues they have and stuff like that, but I'm not going to do it during the session. I'm not going to do it during the match. Uh, by all means, uh, any time before and after, um, we can have um, whatever discussion it is. Um just in terms of like the, the more common sort of problems that I see uh see coaches having with um parents is just uh yeah it's like the perception of their the parents' child um to them in comparison to how you you see them. So uh, the like one of the more common ones is um like a positional problem sort of thing. So like identify like for you know this player's needs that like they will need to play at right back for example just to, to help with like I don't know assisting their 1v1 defending and stuff like that. Like, the 1v1 defending potentially crossing uh, crossing situations etc and they feel like um, their kid is a good finisher so they should play up front so having uh, more so having those sort of discussions there, and you know trying to explain to them why you're doing what you're doing, and, so, and I do feel like um, even though I know a lot of coaches feel they that these parents don't really need that explanation, that is just between you and um, is you and the players, etc. You know I do believe they do. I believe they play a huge part, um, huge part in the players' development. Um, and uh, Ahmed already touched on it. Like, you know, they are kind of uh, they're kind of like a second coach uh, to the players. So, like, those drive homes, those journeys homes after training and after matches that they've seen, like, they're very integral in like pinning down what players have learned um, in them. Uh, so, like, it's really important that you can't. Not that you're necessarily trying to convince them. <clears throat> you're not trying to convince them of what you're doing, but you're, you're explaining to them why you're doing what you're doing so they understand it. They don't have to necessarily agree. And we can we can have a lengthy discussion, lengthy discussion about it. But mm. as far as you are doing, you know that you're do, you, you have good intentions with um, their kid because, once again, we have... 
I understand that it's not necessarily our responsibility to explain every single thing, but like, you know, we have a duty of care to these kids and they're giving up um, their kids over to us for a certain amount of time in the week. So like, I feel like, you know, uh, it's just like sort of like basic due diligence. If they do have um, reasonable questions, to ask then uh, we should answer yes you've just touched on there about you know essentially about creating a transparent environment yeah how much and to what extent do you feel that information should be volunteered or requested so either volunteered by yourself as the coach or requested by the parent um and is do you feel that the parent should know everything that you're doing no, not necessarily. Like, um, like for, like, firstly, in terms of um information being volunteered and requested, I, I wouldn't necessarily go and volunteer it. Uh, if if it's asked, if it's asked, then I'll explain. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, in terms of me with my relationship with players, I tend to be honest anyway. So, like, if if there is a question um, question from a parent, I would assume that is. And you know what was being said to the players probably being misinterpreted because I'm I'm assuming that information being translated, and and in terms of uh, like letting them know absolutely everything, not not necessarily, but like if if I'm asked it, I'll try and be as honest as I can around the situation. So for example, like um, I was in a situation in my previous club where um, it was a direct order from like the 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 technical director above that like you had to we had to play our best players up so it wasn't like some sort of rotation of players in the age groups that are going to play up it's like he he wanted two or three of the best players in each age group playing up and just on, just on, on that one quickly, can you clarify yeah. what you determine as the best player is that is from a technical standpoint or just I think it was um, it was more of a holistic standpoint but it's once again, just down to um, per- perception at that point. Um, a perception of not, it wasn't only me that was involved in this decision making of who the best players are, it's like of other stakeholders that, you know, I've seen them uh, train and play uh, across the season and stuff. Uh, and um, with that, you know, I had to have some very honest uh, like discussions. Uh, with uh, parents when they're asking me like why why is the child not playing up and this child is playing up all the time and you know I just had to explain explain it as honest as I can I wasn't going to explicitly say to them that it's because we don't consider um, your kid to be uh, one of the best in the age group it's just that you know this is uh, the new sort of club uh, protocol and um going forward this is the the players that we identified that will be good for their needs um to play up mm. can i just say something i think uh it's really really unfortunate and unfair on coaches to get put in these kind of situations the communication from the decision makers or the technical director or the owners of the club needs to be clear and precise directly to the parents so they know what's going on because you know it's just not fair and I don't know if anyone else agrees with me, but I think them kind of conversations... No, we don't do agree. have to kind of bend the truth a bit. And it's... Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's... No, I, get, I, I agree with what you're saying, but it's like, I guess I guess it's um, naturally either... I've seen it so, so many times where, like, a communication system would be paid out clearly to a parent. Of, like, if you 
if if you have problems with this, you go to this person, you go to this person. Like, just because the coach always tends to be, like, the... Uh, what's the what's the one I'm looking for? Like point the, of contact. Yeah, the first the first point of contact all the time. They tend to always go to them and whatnot. And then uh, naturally, you would hope there's a system um, in place that you can direct them to the right personnel to go talk talk to them. That whereas I know I understand um, uh, within a grassroots structure that that tends to be a bit more um, fluid in that sense. There, so it. You know, it's, it's hard to give like a one size fit all sort of advice in terms of what coaches should do in such environments. There, that it, it, you really need to treat it as a case by case basis, and try to. And but the one thing I would say is that you need to try to be as honest as you can about the situation, because like you can't be, you can't be um, lying to a parent um, about their kid when. You should, you know, your best interest should be the child all the time. It does happen, doesn't it? Shouldn't it? Be, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be about pleasing the parent. So, like sometimes, the the truth may not um sound nice, but it will need to be said for the betterment of the kid. Yeah, but I don't think it's the coaches. I don't think the coach has been in that position. I don't agree with that. I, I agree the truth should be told, but I don't feel it should be that kids, like coach that. You know, because they ultimately didn't make that decision. It come from above the coach. What about if it was? You know what I mean? Fair enough. It come from the coach. Yeah. Then if it was, then that's different. But if it's coming from like someone above saying, "Listen, him, him, and him, they got to go to this group now." And if anyone asks you why, whatever you can tell them. I don't think that's fair because then they're gonna they're gonna think it's you that made that decision. Oh, so why don't you think my kid's better than him? Why? No, you're definitely right. I've I've certainly been in a situation in the past where that's happened to me. Where I've been at a club. you know, essentially making a decision on signing players and looking at two particular players and I guess comparing and contrasting which one to go with. And I'm, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm privileged enough to say I've been working with that player on a regular basis, so I have got direct access and observation of what this player has been able to achieve and demonstrate for me. But the person making the decision is someone who's not in that same capacity. They're making the decision from a different perspective, and rather than looking at solely who who who's the best candidate they've almost in that in that situation gone against i guess my recommendation as someone who's actually observing this player on a regular basis decided they're going to go with a different player and then essentially <laughs> left the buck with me to kind of explain that decision but obviously then it puts you in a compromising position because yeah. if you don't agree with the decision you've got to be able to i guess explain that decision without and and i guess all oh, Remaining impartial in that in that respect, which can obviously be another challenge, another difficulty, which you know puts the coach in. But I think at the end of the day, you've in that particular instance. My, my thing is right. The player, the player is not going to get signed. How can I help the player? Whether that be signposting them to elsewhere, whether that be giving to try and push them onto different opportunities elsewhere, whatever that may look like. So I think it, it can be quite a challenging situation, and I can. But a lot of people, they you know, they they do put coaches in these positions where they don't have to deal with the backlash, essentially. Um, so you, I think you're right, Armid. I don't think it is fair necessarily, but but it's not. unfortunately, it is. It is the way things are sometimes, and we've got you know we've, we've got to, I guess, look at how to deal with that. I mean, what would for me personally, I'm quite like I said, you know, I'm, I'm quite headstrong at times. So I'm quite opinionated. I can't, I can't, you know, I'll, I'll just say what's on my mind, really. 
So, in that situation, like even in that situation, yeah, if you said to the parent, "Listen, I was back," oh, I did. I told her. I told the parent. Then they're gonna look at you. They, 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 they might even look at you and be like, "Well, you, well, this is this is the this is the other this is the other problem, right?" For example, or this and that. So it's this like is, it's a double whammy it is. for you and them. So it's like it's uh, just a bad situation all around. Hundred percent. Like, and the thing is, it's a difficult one because what you've got to remain, what you've got to remember, and this is kind of what you were touching on the other day: who's paying your bills? Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. you have you can't exactly. you can't negate that, and you can't you know you can't just completely forget about that. It is important to remember that, but. At the same time, and this is why I say to coaches, work in an environment that you actually that is actually aligned with your values and beliefs. Uh, to an extent, it's no one's going to be it's not going to be uh, exactly as you maybe want it all the time. But be mindful that actually, if you're going to work in an environment, there's going to be times where maybe the things don't go the way maybe you want them to. But there's also going to be times where actually you might have to just stand up stand up for what you believe in. And I'm not saying you know, put risk your hat, risk your whole career on one player not getting into the into that position that you wanted them to get into, or whatever that is. But definitely, I would I would advise coaches think about the type of environment you're in, and I guess what impact and what influence you think you can have in there. But don't be don't be I guess blind to the fact that you might not have the influence straight away. And I'm talking more specifically in terms of I guess an academy environment in this particular context. Some of the grassroots coaches may not necessarily have those same challenges, or maybe the challenge presents itself differently. So I would definitely think it is something to consider. And I think if you ever feel like you're in a position where that you have been, you, I guess your integrity and your position has been compromised to an extent, you definitely should be speaking up and I guess raising those concerns to. Whoever, whoever the necessary people are in that respect. Yeah. But on the other hand, I, I know a coach that has, has done that. But then the, well, it depends on how they're doing. Because like I feel there's 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 ways there's ways of going about it that doesn't necessarily always has to be on confrontational way. You're just actually um saying your views. So like in this context here, um I did bring it up and I and I talked about the the fact that I don't necessarily agree with the system that we're trying to do and obviously brought up the obvious effects of it that there is there is like there is players that are gonna see their, their teammates um getting chosen to like the, the only three of their teammates getting chosen to, to play up and know that there's a clear disparity there. And um with that it 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 obviously just got um you know the notion got rejected and then that's that's what's led to you know, uh, parents come coming up to me to ask me questions in regards to it. Went back to went back to the. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. 
And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The, the, the man above and, and then I told, told him what's going on and then he's saying to me to direct them to him. So, so at least I know that doesn't necessarily solve the problem, but I'm not the one take the consequences for it. Yeah, but Ben, but Ben, how bad, Ben, how bad would it make you look here if you're saying to them, I'm going to pass you on to Yaz, and then Yaz says, I don't know what Ben's talking about. And that, that could he quite easily happen it. as well. Yeah. And it happens a lot, and it happens a lot, literally, because they don't want to deal with it because they want to go home to have their dinner or whatever it is because they know that conversation would have taken an extra 45 minutes that they're not going to get paid for when they can just say, well, Ben shouldn't have said that to you. I'll have a word with him. He should have dealt with it. You know what I mean? But you were clearly told, no, send them to me. And a lot of that does happen. So, and yeah, like I said, it's just managing the situation. But a lot of the conversations, it's not fair on the coach. A lot, I'd say about 80% of the conversations that have with parents and coaches, it shouldn't be directed at the coach. I know they're the point of contact. But, but you say they're the point of contact, the but they're only, in some cases, the first point of contact and not. Yeah, but when it comes to them, them kind of decisions, they they they're not really the person to be to be asked them questions. Whether, whether especially at grassroots, maybe more, maybe not more so at academy, but definitely at grassroots. Because, yeah, but yeah, no, nah, just yeah, a lot of things that happen that shouldn't happen to coaches, mm. and they don't even know what's going on. Is that is it a bad thing though? Because I I always kind of no, but I always feel it, like it is a bad thing. I think it, I always feel like. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot. Wait, I just want to say, like, there's a lot of um, coaches that may have um, you know potential like long term aspirations of working uh, within first team football, and like from I from the rare from the rare like interactions I've had with like you know professional first team players and whatnot, and some coaches they do talk about like these experiences of some really difficult conversations that they do have to have with players and with other stakeholders involved um, within the club. So, like, is it is it, like, necessarily a bad thing to go through such experiences, um, you know, at, like, youth level, shall I say? No, it's, it's, not, it's not bad to experience them, but you need to be equipped on how to experience them. You, you need to know about the situation as well because you might end up getting into a situation where you can't coach no more for a period of time if you have a... Or can't coach no more in respect. It's physical. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, if, 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 say, for example, I've said something to a parent and then you don't know nothing about it, Ben, and they've come to talk to you about it, and they're like, no, nah, in your face, you were supposed to know. They told me you would know. You're going to give me the answers right now. No, no. And it gets physical. And <laughs> I've never been in an extreme situation like that. So, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, though, like, so, like, some coaches are young. They don't have the tool or the skill set to handle these situations. And it's like, if someone gets in their face, you, and a lot of the coaches that we know, they're from a background when someone gets in your face, you look after yourself. You, you know what I mean? So it's like, you, I've seen it a lot. It's like, you see some coaches, they're young, they don't know, really know how to handle them situations and they end up getting in trouble. Mm. And it's not fair. 
So that's why it's very important just to manage the situation, always yeah. try and just diffuse it, you know, and just not, not pass the buck or pass the blame, but know that in the back of your head, and I'm talking to the grassroots coaches here, know that in the back of your head, someone's maybe just passing the situation onto you to handle it when it shouldn't be that case. So just remember that and don't take it to heart and don't get too upset about it or too emotional, take it personally, just take it for what it is and just keep calm. Because I've seen it happen a few times, and yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Mm. Interesting. So I mean, in t- in terms of, I guess, other situations, have you had any other encounters with parents where you feel like, okay, you know what, that went well, or you didn't go quite well in terms of how you dealt with it? And I think it's just, you know, it's important to obviously touch bases or that parents play different roles within, the, I guess, the development of their players or supporting their players. You know, some are there on match day, some do support in that capacity. Some, For some, for some, it's simply just being transport, depending on what age, age and stage those players may be at. Um, so I think it's important to kind of highlight that as well. I, might, I mean, I know, that, like I said, certainly from my perspective, I've had situations where, you know, parents are, you know, like I said, I've never met one that's been bad intention or has bad intentions for the player or they just want to support the player in the, in the, in the only way or the best ways they know they can. Um, for some of them, it is lack of experience and understanding of the environments they're in with regards to how they might then go and support that player. So, you know, like I said, I touched on it briefly earlier, I had a player who, who I'd particularly been working with, you know, coming on a, on a trial, um, knowing that it's a six-week trial that decisions we made essentially at the end of that six-week period but the parent is, you know, constantly badgering different members of t- different members of staff on an almost uh, fortnightly basis or bi-weekly basis, rather, around what the latest is. What, you know, when is the player going to get signed? When is the player going to sign? You know, th- this particular player had experiences. You know, he's, he's been on trial at three or four other clubs prior to the, coming to coming to this club that I was working with, and. It, it get, later then came out the similar situation had occurred at all these other clubs when actually you know the parent is actually such a negative impact on that on that player not realising yeah. that actually the, these opportunities which you think you're getting access to you're actually personally hand, you know ha- taking them away from that player as well because of because of your conduct and not actually realising actually this is not going to benefit the player and just because and I think this is where I guess a lot of parents probably need support as well especially where they've got kids who are maybe potentially on the verge of either getting into an academy or on, or, or going on trial into the into that pathway? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The parents need to understand that sometimes their kids get declined because of them. Mm. Literally, it's like if you've got two players, one's they're exactly the same the players, but you've got one parent that's always going to be constantly nagging you, nagging you, nagging you, nagging you, and one that's you know just goes with the flow. You, you need to understand that might come into consideration mm. if it's that close. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, like I said, in, in this particular instance, it's then, I guess, you know, it'd be interesting to get your views. How much how much of a role should the coach play in obviously advising that parent otherwise and or giving the parent a perspective of their impact? Because as you, as you said there, Ahmed, you know, that you had that parent that you had to speak to in the moment. Some parents, even if you leave it later on, they still don't want to see it. And it's almost. No, I can tell that like, I'm. 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 
I'm I'm 34, 35, so I'm, I'm quite experienced. And this happened when I was in my mid 20s. So it's like I can tell this guy just wanted to have an argument. It, doesn't, it didn't matter what he just wanted to have an argument there and then. Like he had enough, you know, which is fair enough. I kind of saw his point of view because I'm quite an understanding person. But you know, he just wanted to have an argument, and he, he, whether I was going to look at him in the face, he was going to carry on just standing there having the conversation. So it's like he just got this mm. situation at times. Yeah, like. Um. Yeah, with me, yeah. like I haven't, <laughs> I haven't necessarily been in um that much of a hostile like situation with a with a parent. Usually, uh, usually they'll come to me with. Uh, That's because so... six foot three, man. Yeah, I honestly, honestly, I feel like it does play its part. <laughs> honestly, I feel like it does play its part because um, uh, like I've been in setups where like coaches have warned me about particular parents or whatnot, um, being being aggressive towards them and then like those are the parents that I probably had you know the clearest the uh, yeah the best sort of like re- relations with and I don't know if it is if that particularly plays a factor into it but like um yes I feel uh, a, you know a good way of coaches kind of navigating around it especially within um grassroots setup is probably becoming familiar but not too close to parents so like getting to know the parents from a distance so like knowing the sort of background that parents come from so like an example i can i can give is that like in in the previous club that i was at um the the parent had uh the dad had like a a background of playing non-league football and was a center back like the stereo like literally you can think about the stereotypical like run to earth sort of um mindset and you can see that kind of, like that sort of mindset is translated to, um, to their child as well so um with the child like they they were quite uh they were very good actually at like their 1v1 sort of defending and like distances between their units uh, when the team were out of possession etc but in terms of like at, uh you know technically on the ball and understanding where to be when we're in possession um they struggled a lot so like i tended to um, before I came, um, that that player was was playing uh, like in the past couple of seasons, just in one position, and for me, uh, and my sort of like non negotiable non negotiables when it comes to sort of um, youth football, I don't believe a player should be like narrowed down to one position at such an um, early age, um, being that they were they were, they were thirteen at that time. And so, if you think about it, from a younger age, they were only playing one position, centre back. So, uh, with that, I started. Um, I started to just do like, uh, uh, what's it like, uh, three, three, four week windows where they're playing in different positions um, in the games program, and the, the parent naturally, as I expected, because I got familiar. And I knew the sort of person it is was got, came up to me eventually to ask me like why are they playing in different positions, and so um, so that being said, like if you do become just familiar with them and get to know the the background of these um, parents, you 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 can to a point sort of like start to anticipate um, what would provoke certain um, reactions from them. And sort of anticipate that that interaction before he's even come. Mm. I think it's quite interesting you said. Obviously, essentially, you're talking about developing a closer relationship with the parents there and having that understanding with them to kind of really 
see their view on things and oh, oh can you be in danger though of, of seeing too much of their view yeah that's what i'm saying so like obviously becoming familiar with them but you're not you're, you're not their friend and whatnot you're not mm. their, you're not their friend is is just and i i'm not even is if you notice in the example i gave i did in any of the decision making that came to um any decision making that has got to do with the development of the player I didn't take in mind what the parent is. What I took in mind is the reaction that it will get. That's it. Like other than mm. other than that, like my my onus is to develop on um, their child as well as I can in the in the period that I'm coaching them. And it's always good. It, it was always going to be that. There's no other factor that will come into it. Not me. Not them. It's just the child in that environment. So um, with that, I all I all I consider with the parent is anticipating their reaction to it but they will never be involved in why I'm doing something or what I'm doing uh, with their kid because naturally uh, when they when they uh, give you over to whatever organisation it is, be it a grassroots club or academy they expect um, they are in, like inadvertently saying they trust you Mm. With um that guard um being the guardian for the temporary guardian for their child in that time period of the sessions and the matches that you're doing that week. Yeah, and I think it, you know just for both of you really. I mean, if you got if you guys got any tips for any coaches that are out there now, um, like I said, or coach even parents to be honest, if you got any tips for in terms of how they could go about developing those relationships. Yeah, just give the, just I think especially with the coaches, like the the coach is the person in the middle. Like they've got the players uh, that will be talking to them. They'll have their supervisor or whoever the the club hierarchy talking to them, and parents. So they the coaches are mm. kind of in the middle. Um, the parents they'll most probably just get it from the kids. Uh, the kids most probably just get it from the parents and so on. So there needs to be a bit more kind of awareness of that situation. And especially for the coaches, you need to understand, like, it's not done purposely, but you are that point of contact in speech marks. So it's like you are going to get a lot of questions. You are going to get put in a lot of situations. But it's just very important that you understand that parents do have the right to kind of ask you what they want respectfully and politely. And likewise, you just do the same. You just be very professional, be very courteous. If you don't know the information... If you know the information, you're not even comfortable saying it to them or you don't feel you're the point to say to them. It's like, listen, I've got your thing. I've jotted it down. I'm going to get back to you in the evening via email. So it's nice and official. And then you just put it on that you feel is decision-making because not eight times out of ten, it's not really the coach that's making them decisions. So uh, it's kind of an, a philosophy of the club or how the club is run, mm. which is very important to stay in control of the situations and don't let get too emotional because normally from my experience the parents come mm. with a lot of emotion so if you add a lot of emotion to the situation as well it's not a good recipe so uh, just yeah just kind of take everything with a pinch of salt and be calm and collected about it and mm. do your best to advise um, the parents yeah uh, for me like so twofold firstly for the parents um, the the, just to like kind of piggyback on the last bit that Arna just said there um, in terms of if you do see things that you're not necessarily happy with within the environment it's really 
and I understand it because you you know you care for this you care for your child and you want the best for your child all the time but um try not to react with so much emotion and actually try to get some reason of, as to why um something has been done from uh naturally if there is no structure you've got to go to the coach as your first point of contact and he may he may um send you to someone else who is more appropriate to answer your answer those sort of questions that you have so mm. it's, it's really really important that you try uh, and it's hard because i know that you, when you when you bring your child to the session you're bringing your child you're not you're not like really ac- acknowledging the other kids that are involved in it but is is try and see the situation as a whole as opposed to your mm. your kid has just be done I don't know, two, three less minutes than another kid that's playing in that position as well. And in terms of coaches that may be particularly worried about it, um, precaution can sometimes be better than cure. So if you if you feel that you are um, confident enough yet, in, you know, in in an environment where there may not be this uh, such structure in place, it's really really important that you do bring it up and uh, you bring it up to potentially the chairman of the club. Um, to try and get that organized uh, and to try and get some sort of communication system organized so that parents are aware of uh, what they can come to their coaches to ask and if they sometimes it may be that they, they want to um, talk about problems with the coaches so like if, if it is that then you, you need to um, start challenging your chairmans of your clubs to try and make an appropriate communication system where that they know what they can come to you about, and if it's things that are out of your control, mm. they should go to the person that um, instilled these changes. And just in terms of the ones that don't necessarily have the voice yet um, to to do so, it's just really, really important that whatever you're doing, and I know that um, we always say that you need to be free and try to learn um, learn from things. Whatever you're doing, just remember. Now, that's someone's child uh, that you're taking care of within your session. And you, you should treat like every kid like as your own every time. Because if you start if you start um, neglecting one kid in the group just because you don't feel they're as good as, um, you know, the best player in the group, it, it can be a problem. And you, you are not the be, you are not the, that the be or decider of, um, of who, who's going to be good and who's not going to be good when they grow up because that's not how development, mm. development is. Development is non-linear. So it doesn't necessarily mean just because this kid ain't necessarily good now that you should put less effort on, than, than on supporting, yeah, supporting them. them as you would with the, the best players in the group. Because in fact, you, you may you may actually start to see that that, that kid overtakes them. So you mm. never know that unless you unless you try your best to support everyone in the group as much as you can. Hundred percent, and I think just just on that, then what would have you had? You know, can you share any experience? And this goes to both of you guys. Any experiences that you know you've maybe of things that you maybe implemented in the past which helps the parent to support the player? Because I think a lot, like I said, a lot of you know, I keep coming back to this, and a lot of parents. I mean, I've, I've never met a parent that hasn't got good intentions, but maybe they're just ill-experienced or ill-advised or, Ill- or lack awareness around how to support the individual. 
have you got any experiences that you could share around what kind of things you maybe, like I said, implemented or supported parents of in terms of being able to support the players away from, I guess, you know, the the whole concept of them not potentially not playing enough minutes or them not playing in the right positions mm. aside from all that sort of stuff. Is there any, any examples that you could share with us there? Yeah, for, well, oh, go on, Hobbs. Are you sure? Oh, um, okay. uh, yeah, like for it. me, um, uh, in the previous club, uh, this wasn't implemented. Yes. So, Ben, hold one second, yeah. Someone's at my door. Okay. Two seconds, yeah. Pause you there. This is going to be the bloopers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the outfits. Still doing deliveries at this time. Yeah, no, but I think it helped. I, I think it helped. No, no, I, I know, feel I, I it back. definitely does. Because honestly, the guy that I'm talking about, like, he's a proper, like, geezer, geezer. Like, he has, like, five teeth in his mouth and them sort yeah, of guys. Yeah, but yeah. He, he, came, he comes to me correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Ben. Yeah. Um, so, like, one of the uh, sort of initiatives that I started because I didn't see it um, within... The, the club I just started doing it within my age group is um is started doing like sort of post-match uh, reflections and I made it uh, before I gave it to the players I I made all the parents um to just come in for like a, a, just a quick CPD after the session just to talk to them about like you're involved in this as well not that you're implementing your your insight into how you felt they played but you're you're trying to get that get them to talk more about how they played so that is independent of what, what minutes you got and stuff like this like, so it was like it was like a series of uh, questions that some were multiple choice some required you to do some writing about like oh uh, like can you give us any examples yeah, yeah. Of that? so like um, it would be stuff like uh, how what, what are some of the things that you thought that you done well in possession what are some of the things you thought you uh, done well out of possession what are some of the things that you would like to work on uh, work on in possession what are some of the things you like to work on out of possession what do you think that you brought to the team today um what what are the different so these are essentially questions that you'd be supplying the parents with to maybe uh, quiz the players on post games that yes, right yeah so like uh, imagine if like the games on a Let's say the game's on a Saturday and then I, the corresponding Monday training session, I would expect it to be done and brought in. And I'll put, I, I'll, I put the onus not only on the player, but I'll put it on the parent as well. Because so, some of the players may say to me that, um, you know, their, parent, their parents yeah, their parent weren't involved and stuff like this. And even though they've done it, yeah. so then I, that it's just a challenge to the, to the parents because before they... It's like an inverted challenge to the parents that's that before you come up to me about that, have you got an insight from your child about what's going on as opposed to what you're seeing from the side or the outside of it? Yeah. So your 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 strategy is essentially pro, you know, provide the parents with some, I guess, tools in the form of questions in this respect where they can maybe gain some of that insight. Yes. Okay. And... What, what I guess initially you know put in put in, into practice were there any hesitation or was there any hesitation or resistance from parents in the initial stages of that? Not at all because I don't um I think previous to that they didn't necessarily have anything extra other than just coming to the training sessions and matches so it was kind of a welcome uh, initiative for them and obviously that it it, it kind of um 
at the same time helps with the players' um, post-match sort of reflections and not just looking at matches has matches that like it's just a it's just another opportunity for you to learn. Yeah. Ahmed, how about yourself? You had any anything anything similar or? Yeah, I don't think parents realise how important their yeah. role is. Literally, it's uh, just as, if not more important than the coach or the club. If, uh, and I think it goes back to a lot of statistics with ethnic minority backgrounds because a lot of our parents, like from Arab background or uh, Asian background, our parents didn't really back us with sports. And that's why we're so, uh, we don't have a large represent- representation in professional sports, in my mm. opinion, because... Just when you just have your dad standing behind you and he backs you, he push, he's not pushing you, but he's just, you know, he's okay with what you're doing and he supports you. It, that's a massive leg up and the role is really, really important. It's so important. Like, if you come down too hard on your kid and they're not used to that or they can't handle that, your kid's not going to make it. If uh, if you're too softly, softly, but you see your kid needs a bit of a kick up the bum, you know, it's a really, really important role, the role of the parent. And I think parents need more education when it comes to supporting their child in whatever sport they're going to like in football as well it is a very very competitive industry and uh, I think any help that clubs can give to parents it should be given and what what uh, the example Ben just gave is really good of like the types of questions you can ask but I think it just comes back to the basic things you know did you enjoy your day today how was it you know what yeah, because quite often, if you think if you think about it, stereotypically, and if we generalise a little bit, what kind of you know the types of questions you usually get after the game is well, did you score? Yeah, did you win? Mm-hmm. Or you know, yeah. you know, yeah. Out, yeah. They're, they're based they're on based questions. on specific yeah. outcomes. Have fun. Um, yeah, it should be things like, did you have fun? Did you enjoy yourself? I think, yeah. I think, I think. Furthermore, no. is it, are you handling yeah, that handle, situation but, you know, really well? I think go down the path of even you know what did you what did you learn today? Did you observe anything that someone yeah. else did on the pitch that which you you know which you feel like is something that you might want to add to your game, and and if you notice some questions that you're asking and I'm asking, they're literally just questions just to get the child to talk, and eventually they'll yeah they'll of, fill in the gaps just and they'll tell you what they want yeah they'll fill in the gaps and you'll kind of see whether it was a good day what went yeah well, I mean but it's well. interesting because you know so I've, I've come across a coach once way. before who actually put put together like a series of questions like, it's like a question card like a survey almost for his. For the for his parents to ask the players um, about on the way home, so that was the, that was their task on the way home. You know, rather than talking about the general, did you win or how many goals did you score or whatever that might mm. look like, is actually yeah, did, you know, what did you learn today? You know, what did you think you did really well today? Is there anything that you thought that you could have improved on? Is there anything that you saw a member of your position team doing that you thought actually that was really good? I really I, I really like that or something on the you know really just trying to provoke sort of spark insight within the player. Um, around some of the some of the observations they've no. made. No, it's a very very important role to parent. Very very important. No, hundred hundred percent. I think you know a lot of parents underestimate how much impact they can have. But I think also equally, I think a lot of coaches underestimate how much impact the parents yeah. can have, um, and how much how much of an importance it is to have those parents on the side and I guess uh, in sync with what you are as a, you as the coach are doing. So I mean, for me. You know some of the things that you guys have touched on throughout throughout this discussion so far, around essentially is about building those relations with the parents, making them see it from both sides of the spectrum. You know, letting them feel valued and understood in their opinions and their and their thoughts, but also equally exposing them and shedding them, 
shedding some light on your your side of things and if you know if if appropriate then another another perspective from like maybe the club's perspective or how 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 other parents may see it or do you know what I mean I think it's very important for coaches to have those discussions with their parents as, as honestly and open as possible yeah no, it needs to be done more of like even me like I'm from an Arab background I'm 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 anticipating hopefully when I do eventually pull my finger out and get my own setup going, I'm going to have maybe a lot of Arab parents. So I know what Arabs are like. I'm not going to let the coaches handle them. But it, be but are you, are you then doing, are you then like not doing or... the coaches who are, I guess, under your, within your organisation, an injustice? No, because I've experienced it and I know what, and I, and I know the mentality that a lot of, you know, you know, certain parents from backgrounds come with. And it's like, you just can't win. And it's just going to be a waste of time. It's going to be unproductive. And I don't want people to work for me or with me and have to spend most of their time just... But, but are, are, but are, are these uh, skills that are going to be transferable for them throughout their careers? Yeah, it, it will be. But in terms of their enjoyment of being at work, I don't think it's, it's, it's a good thing. I think, if anything, it will... Not want people to so work. Are, are you not? Like I mean, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. But by, by by doing that, are you not rid, are you not ridding them with some of the opportunities that they could potentially come across to actually still then feel like actually, you know what, is this something I've dealt with before? And you know, how do you know five six years down the line they've gone into a, a more senior ramp not having had it, had that experience because you decided to take the step? And again, there's no right or wrong here. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. No. No. No, I absolutely hear you. I reckon it still will happen regardless of whatever measures I try and implement because parents... So should you then not let the coaches deal with it? They, like if I say... Yeah, but then but then, then obviously there's going to be some aspect of training for them how to handle it. Like I'm not just going to throw them in the deep end and be like, listen, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, if this happens, mm, this is how you handle mm. it. You know, first and foremost, listen, um, you've clearly been instructed... You know, if you have any concerns like this, you need to ask the parent liaison or thingy and et cetera, et cetera. Because you know when parents are going to ask, it's either going to be during a match or during a session. Yeah? And it's just time that you're just detracting from the coach spending with the children and getting them playing more or working, mm. whatever it is. So I guess uh, and, yeah. on that note then, you know, how important is it then that Within, I guess, a code of conduct or a series or set of, uh, I guess, principles for the environment that you're that you're involved in, that, that these part these things are considered within that. Yes, like Ben said, it's like a zero tolerance. It's like if you if you if you if you told that line from the start, listen, if you want to join this club, if your kid wants to play here, if you want to be a participant, if you have any complaints, they're more than welcome, but they don't get um spoken to to the coach during sessions or during match days. Mm. It's either before or after. Yeah, preferably before, and it should be with the person that's a direct contact with these problems, mm. because that person should know everything that's going on, and that's normally the person. That yeah, like um, just to echo what I'm saying, like um, I do feel, you know, regardless of, um, uh, you know, academy grassroots or not, like before anyone joins, uh, joins whatever organization is, they should be. Uh, code of conduct um in place for the players and the parents um to sign and agree that they're gonna to adhere to and uh, you know with that you can instill um you know such laws like that that like if you if you want if you want to communicate with the coach about you know whatever 
whatever the specific um, information is, this this has to be done before or after sessions and matches and stuff like that, so that you know there's already a structure in place. Because I feel like the, uh, the sort of problems that Ahmed was talking about in the past arises just because you know the, no one has told him they can't do that <laughs> before. No one's told him they can't just can't mm, come up yeah. to him and you know shout in his face and all that. And so. Like, I feel like you know if if something's in there about like you know you treat all the staff with, uh, with respect and due diligence and uh, you know if they do if they do then breach it then you know there's there is um a, there may be a specific sort of disciplinary procedure to go through. Yeah. yeah. Right, guys. Listen again. It's been another very interesting discussion. You know, we're gonna kind of lead into part two um on the next show we're going to discuss this uh, you know i guess how to deal with parents and some of the challenges that we face with parents on a on a deeper level um as well as i guess providing some insight referring to i guess some academic studies that have been conducted on the back of that um but again it's been a great discussion today if you guys can just let them know let us know where they can get in touch with you if they've got any questions or if they've got any i guess points they want to raise yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. If you want to get in contact with me on uh, Twitter or Instagram, it's second best twenty two. That's two N. Yeah. If you want to get in two touch two. with me, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at focusbxn. That's F O C U S B X N. And guys, if you um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at the Coaches Network or on Twitter at the Coaches Net. Until next time, guys. Um, take care care. have a great day well I want to thank everyone for tuning to another edition of the Coaches Network podcast I've no doubt you've enjoyed it as much as we have now that you've got a way to contact all the guys we look forward to seeing some comments and questions around today's show and don't forget head over to the platform that you found this edition on and leave us a 5 star review and let everybody know how awesome the show is we read all comments good or bad so leave that comment for us and take care everyone until next time The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.